0: Hey, how's it going, fellas? Welcome to this brand new edition of Half Hollow Podcast. So in this edition, we are going to take a different direction. So today, I will be talking about open source hardware. We all know that in the software world, open source completely disrupted the whole ball game. So it sorts of completely changed the way every organization is doing business. So. Now we are in the time where closed companies like Microsoft and other big giants like Adobe, Nvidia, and every major player are trying to be a part of this open source arena. So they are sharing knowledge to the world in the expectation to receive more. So if you give more automatically, you will also start receiving help from the community to fix a lot of things. So it's almost an understatement that software has been redefined there has been a lot of programmers who are currently working in more open source technologies than there was ever so big machine learning libraries like tensorflow is open sourced even a lot of top operating systems like android is open source so you have a lot of things of course uh, the exact exact operating system is not open source but you can build your own variant And you can start doing a lot of things. So this all starts back in the early, I mean, in the end of 20th century, per se. When Linus Torvalds, right, he open sourced Linux. And when the community started thriving, and when they were competing with Windows, it was a fascinating phenomenon. It is almost like an underdog story everybody wanted the underdog to succeed we all know that it's very hard to replace windows inside a pc so it's almost like the personal computer market has been captured by windows even though macintosh was doing relatively well almost 80% of the market outside the us they were all using the microsoft windows so when linus torvalds linux was actually a contender it was very crazy so during that time all the computer geeks they realized that they have to support this initiative because they have been given the knowledge to think how an operating system works so this particular paradigm almost exploded in the very beginning of 21st century so from 2007 to 2018 and 19 till present we have witnessed a lot and lot of open source repositories in github so it's almost like open source is the new way to go every organization they are spending their best resources and their best talent in engaging with open source so now let's get into the topic of interest so when we saw this particular way of doing business exploding and completely disrupting the software industry a lot of tech giants in the hardware world also took notice of this phenomenon so they started compiling down and they started forming open source hardware foundations with the expectation to derive the same results let's publish our designs, we will make it royalty free we will open up our intellectual properties and patents, and we will see how the community builds around and gives fixes. So slowly during end of 2010, few companies, especially Adafruit, did a lot of things, and then slowly followed by other open source hardware makers. So they all started giving out the complete chip design and architecture to the outside world. So Arduino gained a lot of prominence. So during the 2010 time, Arduino took off like anything because a lot of ripoffs were made based on the same. ISA. So basically, we, we took this schema and then we made our own few development boards on top of it, make the process easy and sell it. So that sort of development kits was seen as a very welcoming move by a lot of people. But we realized that maybe the open source thing for hardware might be a thing. But there are then we realized that there are actually a lot of things to be done before we can actually claim that title. Because microcontroller is nothing but a very small aspect of the whole hardware spectrum. So then we also have certain designs for processor, microprocessor or the CPUs which were released as open source but they don't have the same intricacies or they don't carry the same level of details which has been done by the big players. So all the open source CPUs or the processor which has been released. 2016 or late 2017 they were in no way a match for Intel and AMD's processor. I'm not trying to say that it's it's almost try to it's almost like it's not like they are in even the same level. So if you take right now right in software arena, almost the latest Linux, Linux 18.04, can be a proper replacement for Windows. Because it actually bundles now a lot of utility functions and a lot of additional applications. So if you are a brand new computer user, if you have never been exposed to Windows, when you started working with Linux, you'll be totally content and happy with all the things. But the same phenomena cannot be said for there because you will experience a lot of delays. You will experience a lot of lot of uh, synapses, meaning there won't be complete uh, connectivity between all the different layers. So. So that's why it boiled the fuel for certain folks that we have to release the instructions and architectures of a particular open source hardware so that people can contribute more and come up with a lot of own variants so they can compete with these big giants like Intel, AMD and then other big vendors so we have to NVIDIA per se so, so this, this all sparked a revolution and then we had a very good open source ISA and this particular instruction set architecture which we'll be talking about is almost driving the main existence of open source hardware today. So if this process, if this project is becoming a success, then we can say for sure that open source hardware might be a thing. So the same philosophy can be the same surge which has happened in open source software will also happen in open source hardware. So so right now we are in the battle phase, we are in the testing ground. Let's see whether this particular ISA will succeed and pave way for open source hardware to be a legitimate thing. With that said, let's get into the ISA which I'm talking about. It's nothing but Risk 5. That is Reduced Instruction Set Architecture Version 5. So it's not actually really version 5 but that's how they are actually calling it. So there have been like I alluded before right we have been having a lot of ISAs before. Right? So we had initial ISA 6502 which is an 8-bit ISA. Z80 which is an 8-bit ISA and the most famous one from intel x86 which has 32 bit and 64 bit and then mips which is 32 bit and 64 bit and then spark which is a very famous one it is actually an open source one so it's not the first open source so the RISC-V is not the first open source hardware ISA. spark was the first one it's also supported by 32 and 64 bit and the ones being used by ibm that is power which is also 32 and 64 bit and again, the most famous ARM processor used by embedded systems. So it's again 32 64 bit variants. So out of all these rights, why are we now taking a closer look into this particular RISC-V? Because RISC-V is completely coming with a new initiative. If you are using certain Spark rights, so a Spark-based processor, and when you are building something on top of it, you are obliged by legalities to release the design whichever you have built to the open source world but this particular RISC-V it's coming with an open license in a way if you ma- if you use riskfy isa and if you are bundling everything together you can keep it as a closed package and you can sell it so this allows more interest and a lot of uh pri eyes are looking into it and they are trying to exploit this functionality as well so they are trying to work more on riskfy but certain guys, when they are work, right, when they realize that they are adding more value, they wanted to have recognition. So ultimately, they end up releasing it to open source world. So, so, so it's all good. So this is a wonderful thing which they have done, and it is working out well, right? So when we have all these uh, different ISAs, right? So this is something which makes Risk Five a very good one because there is no necessity or no strings tied to release the source code to the open open world okay but there are a lot of misconceptions so even though when we have only the instruction set as the open source that doesn't mean we have the entire thing which is necessary to build a processor as an open source one okay so for example there is no core in the risc 5 website that can run Linux so basically there is one company called sci-fi they are an excellent startup so they are doing great job so they are actually building their own processor and licensing them just like ARM does and they are enabling Linux to be uh, running on risc v so you can buy a risc v PC and uh, it's pretty quick I would say right now you can have a gigs RAM and then the performance is pretty good uh, but it's a good, good way to go about it because I feel right now we have been whenever uh, because I'm an uh, electronics and communication engineer so when I was studying the computer architecture, right, we will generally take ISA 95 and then we will talk about few imaginary architecture, but we won't, we won't be able to see how it looks. It's more of a theory. So whenever the subject computer architecture and organization is taught in colleges in another curriculum, right? We will be only talking about more theory. We won't be able to exactly specify this is what happens. This is how you will load the registers. This is how you will access the memory. This is how you will form a bus bus connection between your uh, catch memory and then your storage register. So all these things were like an abstraction to us. But right now with RISC-Fi being an open-source program and then the architecture is architecture being open-source, sourced, is no longer the case. Now the curriculum in academia is getting redefined. Now students have the opportunity to not just study them but also implement them. This is a very big advantage, I would say. So RISC-Fi is driving this home. So the company sci-fi, right? So they are conducting a lot on lot of conferences around the world. So right now, especially in this month, uh, especially in uh, July and August, they were traveling around South India and in Bangladesh. So we had a conference, one of my friend happened to attend him. So it happened in IIT Madras, so they were talking about risk fi architecture and how they are redefining the ISA as a whole. So how students currently can embrace it and make leaps and bounds of things. So this particular risk fi architecture was open source around on 20, 2016 time. So what happened was, an inherent team, an in-house team from IIT Madras, they started developing their own microprocessor from scratch, that gained a lot of momentum, okay, so that microprocessor is nothing but Shakti. So my Indian friends would be able to relate what I am trying to say now, so Shakti was completely based on this ISA architecture which was released as an open source. So they leveraged it, but I am not trying to say that uh, they they have done... uh, little work but as i as i alluded right even though you have isa you should do a lot of other plumbing works right so you should be taking care of the memories and then you should be able to taking care of the catching controllers you should take care of the dsp processor and then the interrupt and the media encoder decoder and all other things so shakti team has done a wonderful job they put together all this and bundled everything and they have released it so right now we can go and get a shakti based processor and we can power our cpus so, it's a very good very good direction. So, a bunch of university fellows, they came together and they have done it for academic purposes. So, the, the big reason or the big shift is, right, when academy is getting redefined, I'm pretty sure a lot of folks who are working currently with RISC-V, they will be able to make a breakdown and they will be able to make a processor which will be in par with Intel, AMD and ARM. So, in future, we will have a RISC-V processor which can compete with Intel's 8th generation core or amd's zen 2 processor or arm cortex a77 processor so everything will be redefined so this is an uh, wishful thinking which i'm having but i'm pretty sure the way this community is getting uh, uh, going to work is pretty impressive especially the startup sci-fi they have tremendous traction in the right way so they have almost made a lot of their designs open source. So even their full processor build, where they does all this plumbing work and how to build buses, that architecture, not everything has been open source, but certain things they have open sourced. So using that, we can also build our own RISC-V based processor and start uh, building uh, (laughs) our own PC's, own custom PC's. So this is going in a great direction. And also they have raised recently a very huge amount of funding around 123 million US dollars from Qualcomm, the primary chip maker. So, Qualcomm is very excited because they can primarily as a uh, SOC vendor, they'll be able to back a community which is completely driven by open source, which can (laughs) act as an alternative to all these big players, AMD, Intel and the worlds. So, this is a very fascinating arena. But, nothing is uh, uh, like uh, completely You know what so there is no not just roses everywhere so that's what i'm trying to allude here so when you have a lot of goods of course there will be certain drawbacks so that's what we're going to talk about now see open source hardware can never be compared to open source software see i'm making a very strong statement here so this may this is my opinion and of course i might be wrong here but i'm telling you guys right now open source hardware can never be compared to open source software Let me explain what I am trying to mean, because this is a very bold statement, right? I am trying to back up what I am trying to say here. See, in open source software, you can pretty much say, whatever is there in the repository, you will be able to see what's the code there, you will have different branches for release and everything and all other stuff, based on different versions. But also, you will be able to see them running live in production, for example. You will be able to go and use any Google products and you will be able to see TensorFlow 2 live in action. You will be able to test all its performances, right? You can validate it. But even though in open source hardware, you have the schema, you have the design, you have all the STL libraries, you have the proper instruction set and how to build the hardware, in no way you can verify that whether this is the particular instruction set which is running in the open source hardware which has been released, right? So you can do some tests. You can compare and you can measure. Using CRV, you can send some signals and say, but you will be only able to measure, but you won't be able to prove practically whether this is the exact. You, You can see the design. Okay, so design looks similar. But the instruction set, is. are they actually using the same instruction set? Are they actually loading from this processor and from this register in the way this architecture is about to, I mean, is done. So that cannot be validated. So certain companies, even though they are beating this open source hardware drum, Right? They can all they can say is we have used this in our production, but they, we can no longer go and verify if that's actually the case because they might be having a different versions and they might be adding some secret sources to ensure that their product is little bit perform, uh, perform- performing well over the other competitors so this is one important aspect which is completely overlooked so that makes me wonder, that makes me <laughs> make this bold statement that open source hardware can never be the same as open source software but still it's a very very good step in the right direction it allows a lot of academicians to think in a right way it allows them to collaborate together and then it's a, it creates a lot of possibilities so in conclusion this is my my uh, this is my take on this whole situation Open source hardware is different. Open source software is different. We should understand that. Both has their... Uh, bo- bo- we should respect them in a separate dimensions. And we should embrace them together. So, we as an engineers, When we happen to you know, understand this full intricacies of open source hardware and this ISAs. And when we start to build software around it. Then we will enter into an arena. When we combine both these parallel sets together then we will attain the level which can never be imagined so that time all these closed source things will face a higher competition so it's all about bringing the two worlds together right so when you have a lot of open source guys who embrace this isa and they they try to build more products based for that right so this right now the biggest thing which this open source architectures ISA is facing is backward compatibility, right? So, you have a lot of Windows applications which will run very good in x86 architecture, but when you try to run it in the RISC V architecture, automatically it tends not to go perform in the same way because in RISC V, right, introduced instruction that's the name, so you will not have all the un- all the necessary instructions, you will only have few essential instructions, so when the open source software community, when they try to optimize and embrace and write software for RISC-5, then definitely that will perform better in RISC-5, so ultimately this will allow the big companies to take a note and they will also try to uh, have uh, backward compatibility so that all the application will run in risc V as well. So this will almost force them to surrender. So in future, this is my prediction, open source hardware community and open source software community will combine together and we'll be, we will have a niche, niche product or a niche segment which will be tailored only to this particular uh, processor. So this is a fascinating world which I am looking forward to and we will see how everything plays out. Alright guys, so this is my take on current open source hardware community and i'm nothing but very excited for what the future holds so please let me know what you feel about this whole uh, landscape so it's a very very interesting arena and it's a very good time to be a developer in this day and age so thank you so much for listening to this edition and we will see you guys next time peace